What is going on, friends? Thank you for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. We here at New Vision believe that the gospel transforms lives. So we're going to take an opportunity to open up God's word and see what he has to say so that we can take the best next step to become more like Jesus. Hey, it's another New Vision Podcast. Cloud with you here. We're back in our book study of the book of Mark going verse by verse. Happy Friday to you guys who are listening to this the day it comes out. My favorite day of the week. But we are in Mark chapter 11, so we're going to go ahead and dig in. Y'all, I'm sure are familiar with this story. Is the Mark's recording of the triumphal entry. And so we're going to do that again. Mark usually has these shorter accounts. So this is just verses 1 through 11. I'm going to be reading out of the ESV. So this is Mark chapter 11, verses 1 through 11. Now, when they had drew near to Jerusalem, to Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Say, The Lord has need of it, and we'll send it back here immediately. And they went away and found a colt tied at the door outside in the street, and they untied it. And some of those standing there said to them, Why are you untying the colt? And they told him what Jesus had said, and they let them go. And they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. And many spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut from the fields. And those who went before them and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. And he entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. And when he had looked around at everything as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. So that's a a pretty short account of the triumphal entry. I'm sure a lot of us has heard, uh, especially when it comes to, you know, around Easter time. Because this this marks the start of Passion Week. This is it. This is Jesus saying, "Hey, you know what? I've concealed it most of the time. It's I'm not concealing it anymore. I'm the King. I'm the Messiah, and I'm here, and, and I'm and I'm showing it. This triumphal entry is going to start the uh, the Pharisees and the religious leaders. Just okay, you're you're going to die. You know they're after him, and now he's coming out pretty open." Not that he hadn't come out open before. It's just, it's very, a a declaration here. It's called the triumphal entry. So he's entering in Jerusalem at a time of the Passover, and this starts Passion Week. So this is it. So a couple things I wrote in my notes about what is significant about the triumphal entry. Number one, the triumphal entry shows Jesus as divine king, as as God. He's the God king. Uh, First of all, the, the triumphal entry fulfilled Old Testament prophecy. So all this, like, why is he getting on a donkey? Like, this seems very, like, precise and, like, it just seems odd if you're reading the rest of the gospel account. Because if you think about it, I mean, Jesus pretty much walked everywhere. I mean, he was on a boat a couple of times. But as far as we know, what's recorded, Jesus is walking around. And this is the first time that we've seen that he's getting on, on an animal. And so it's like, okay, something's going on here. And you're right, it is. It's Old Testament prophecy. So Jesus is doing this very specifically on purpose to fulfill Zechariah 9, uh, chapter 9, verse 9. Uh, and so this is written, obviously, in the Old Testament uh, in, a, in a different sense, talking about Israel coming back from captivity. And one day, you know, a Messiah is going to come. And it says this in Zechariah 9, verse 9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. That means descendants of Israel. Rejoice, 
Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation is he, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. And it goes on to, to kind of talk about these exploits of, of war and triumph and that kind of a thing. So Jesus is fulfilling part of this, Zechariah 9.9, 9, the mounted on a donkey. He's very being very specific. And you, and you show not only when you fulfill scripture that's been written, you know, 500 years before this event, but you show when you fulfill it. But then to his disciples, he's like, yeah, there's going to be a cult down over there, you know, on, on Thompson Lane. And uh, just go ahead and untie that and bring that back over here. So like, I mean, that that's God. Only God can do that. And, and people are like, what are you doing this? And it's like, well, the Lord has need of it. So the Lord is Lord over all. It's not just Israel. It's not just the Jews. It's, it's everybody. And, and Israel, uh, Jerusalem is being filled to the brim at this point in time because of Passover week. There's people from all over uh, coming to, 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 to Jerusalem. And so, you know, Jesus is showing off, look, I'm a divine king. I fulfill prophecy. I say what's going to happen before it does. I mean, that, that should be proof enough. So that was number one. Then number two, the triumphal entry shows Jesus as a humble king. So we see him as a divine king. He's fulfilling prophecy. He's making his presence known, but it's also paradoxical in the sense that he's, he's being humble. Um, you know, in, in most places throughout history, in any, any king would be honored and revered, you know, in this huge display. I mean, there'd be like, this is, you know, an occupied Rome. So there'd be like chariots and tons of horses with their armor on and all sorts of armor pieces and the headdresses and, you know, those cool Roman helmets with the little feather things on the top. Like it would be all this pomp and it would just be epic, you know, like, you know, Ben-Hur movie or, you know, any of those old Hollywood movies that's like, you know, this king is here, but here Jesus is, he's on like a donkey. Like, and so knowing a little bit of history, we, we know that Kings during that time, I, th I think I've read this right. Kings during that time in times of war would ride out on the war horse, but in times of peace, they'd ride on a donkey. And it was very specific. So what Jesus is doing here, what I kind of see as, you know, him, him, uh, participating in the in the time period in which he's doing this is that not only is he showing he's being humble by riding this you know meek more humble looking animal that's not powerful and there's no pomp and ceremony uh you know that that a horse would bring but that he's showing that hey i'm here i'm the king and i'm ushering in this time of peace and way a way in which god's kingdom will be here on earth in a way that you can have peace with god because of me i'm the messiah i'm here to save and I think this is really where the application comes in, because what we know is obviously you've probably heard this a billion times if you've ever heard this preached, like this fickle crowd who's shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, you know, blessed is the King of David, you know, and, and they got it wrong. Like there's, they're shouting stuff that's true, but they misunderstood what they were saying. And, um, you know, I can't think of a truer statement that they're saying, but they don't fully realize it. I mean, they're literally shouting, quote, Hosanna, blessed he who comes in the name of the Lord, blessed the kingdom of our father, David, Hosanna in the highest. And only a few hours later, you know, a couple of days later, they'll be shouting, crucify him, crucify him. And so they're, they're saying Hosanna literally means save me now. What they wanted was obviously Jesus to be this 
conquering king riding in on the chariot, the war horse, to throw overthrow Rome, to be that political, you know, overthrow and and power and and bring in the sword and you know I'm gonna get them, you know, that kind of a thing. And obviously, Jesus is coming to do something else. He's coming to die for the sins of mankind and bring peace riding in on a donkey to bring peace so that we can be in God's presence. He is the conquering king, but first he will conquer death and sin and the power of sin, uh, the penalty and the power of sin. And so, I mean, they they said something true, literally, save me now, Hosanna, save me now. But they misquoted it. They didn't, they just didn't get it. And then they turn on them, not, not much later. And so I think that's kind of the application. They misunderstood Maybe a question to ask ourselves is, what am I mis- misunderstanding or what am I misquoting in the Bible now? I mean, I think that's got some play um, when we have to think about Jesus as the humble king. We're in the time period of the church. You know, I, I guess a, a, as an illustration, you could be like, you know, Jesus isn't taking the motorcade to D.C. to take back America. He's taking the Ford Pinto to to win Americans and and hearts and minds to be saved in 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 the name of Christ and and to build His church, His bride. Uh, it's not to take back America. It's to to to, to win Americans to uh, you know all, our neighbor, all of our neighbors, uh, you know, across the street and around the world uh, to the name of Christ to to repent of their sins and put their faith and trust in Jesus. That's just kind of an example of, of how we can kind of see see this in our time period. But, you know, ultimately, you know, the triumphal entry, we see him as a divine king. We see him as a humble king for now, for now. And I want to close with this. So he's, he's the humble king, but it's only for now. And a lot of times, you know, we can reference what's going to happen eventually. We don't see it in this text, but we have to look forward into the book of Revelation. So I want to close with this. This is Revelation chapter 19, verses 11 through 16. And this is going to talk about donkey now, but it will be the war horse later. Verse 11. Then I saw heaven opened and behold a white horse. The one sitting on it is called faithful and true. And in righteousness, he judges and makes war. His eyes are like a flame of fire and on his head are many diadems. And he has a name written that no one knows but himself. He is clothed in a robe dipped in blood. And the name by which he is called is the word of God. And the armies of heaven arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, were following him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. And he will rule them with a rod of iron. He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And so that will be the ultimate triumphal entry when we see the second coming of Jesus. But now we're in the the first coming here in the age of the church where we have seen Jesus come in proclaiming, I'm the divine king, I'm the humble king, here's the way you come to me in peace through my death and resurrection on the cross. I hope that's a good reminder for you guys, a good thing to look out for in the future, and we'll see you guys on Monday here on the New Vision Podcast. 
Thank you guys for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. As always, we hope that you heard a word from the Lord and that you can better walk and reflect Christ in your everyday steps. To find out more information about New Vision, you can go to newvisionlife.com or follow us on Instagram at newvisionlife. Again, we're for you, we love you, and we look forward to seeing you back here on Monday.